0: Long Final, Ireland's aviation podcast from Squawk 7000.
1: All right. thanks for joining us on Squawk 7000. Uh, a trip to Burr, I couldn't lose the opportunity to have it to find out a little bit more about the history of Burr as an airfield, because it's been around for a while.
0: It has. I mean, as I said, we, we think we're somewhere between 49 and 50 years. I, I can't be exact on that. But our airfield has been there that long. I mean, there was a military base in Burr as well, which was literally over the hill at uh, Grant Engineering. And... The man who owned our airfield originally has passed away since was paddy corby and paddy was a gunner in the raf in world war ii and we know one of his dying wishes were that the ormond flying club would remain on on the site and true to his word it has and uh, we have a new landlord now but um, we have a great relationship with him and the airfield will remain for as long as we uh, see fit, mm-hmm. you know, or we can afford to stay flying. Now, what's interesting is obviously people will, if
1: they don't know about the club itself, they'll certainly know about the fly-ins and the air shows. Yeah. Uh, who set up that whole legacy of, of the air shows and wh- 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 where did that start?
0: So the air shows was, I suppose, I, 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 I don't really want to take credit for it, but it, the, it was my brainchild. Mm-hmm. And um, then Dave Carbide and Tom Rafter fell in behind me to help me with this. Mm-hmm. And so the three of us formed Bar Air Display. So back in 2009 or 2010, we had a high-end fly-in and we brought in some, we brought in Dave Bruton actually, and we had some cars drive up the avenue and uh, stayed for the day and uh, they got very interested in all the aircraft that were were after flying in for the fly-in. And um, so after that day, we sat down and we said, you know what, Let's, let's have a crack at this again and see if we can do something else with it. So we developed it from there. And it, it has grown and grown and grown. And um, so, yeah, I mean, two years ago, because of COVID, would have been our 10th year running bar as bar air display. So hopefully next year, we will get to run the 10th air show and uh, we'll continue to grow. What are the logistics of putting an air show together? Does it actually take the whole year? So our, our air show happens on the bank holiday, Monday in August, every year. And we will take September off and start planning again in October for the following year mm-hmm. I mean you know what your experience with Bray Air Display and Shea um, it takes it, some people think you can put these things on together overnight but it's not the case it mm-hmm. takes months and months of work um, so by the time you try and tie down acts I mean you're, you're always looking for the, the better act every year not that there's anything wrong with the acts mm-hmm. we have but you're always trying to, to get better and better and I suppose the last air show I mean my dream was always to have a P51 Mustang and luckily, Shea, for Bray secured one, and we tagged in off the back of that. And I had my dream aircraft at our last air show, so we had we had the P fifty one fly over Burn. It was just so that was the highlight of of the air shows to date for me to have that aircraft. Mm-hmm. But we will continue to strive and try and get better and better as years go on, providing Dave and Tom want to roll in and and still continue to do this. You know, so I have to talk to those guys now about this going forward. But I, I think that the general feel is that we we stay going it is fascinating isn't it that there's still such a love of aviation even amongst the general public for an air show you're you're correct i mean you know we all know aircraft because we deal with them every day but come in and look at these things and they're fascinated with them and some in some ways i'm envious of that i really am because we we take it for granted because we're around airplanes week on every every week you know but these people, I see their faces when they come in and they look at the aircraft and they're just completely mesmerized by them, mm. you know. And and I really am jealous of that because I, I miss that feeling that you were so into aircraft as a kid. I mean, I used to look up when I was when I was a child going, someday I hope to be up there, you know, and it, your love of aviation. Tell me more about that. When, when did you first get an interest in it? So in school, my, my mother made me aware of this uh, for my uh, first first class in primary school we had a school project and mine was on airplanes. Now, I didn't remember this, okay, but it was it was on airplanes. And then I suppose I was always looking at airplanes. I'd look at magazines of airplanes everywhere we would go. My parents would take us on holidays. I always wanted to sit at the window on the airplane to look out. And luckily, back then, as a kid, you were always able to get into the cockpit. You know, I think I think terrorists have taken that away from us all, that, you know, you could stroll up into a cockpit and be fascinated with what was going on up there. I got a job in Leak Slip in Kildare when I was 20 years of age and I moved up there. I went working for a sound and lighting company in, in Slip, and obviously Weston is right beside mm-hmm. Slip. And I used to drive out to Weston on a Sunday morning and just sit there and watch the aircraft take off. I couldn't afford to do a flight lesson <laughs> because I was so young and I wasn't earning a lot of money back then and not that it's expensive to do now. It's not really, but um, yeah, that was, that was... And then when I moved home Uh, I I came across Barr. I live in Ross Grey but I came across Barr and I went over there one Sunday morning and um, I met a guy called Gordon Hendrick and Gordon took me up for a spin and I signed up straight away and that's 16 years later I have a pilot's license and I think it's great (laughs) you know we always ask on Squawk 7000 about uh,
1: people's logbooks and some of the flights so uh, the obvious one is your first flight you've told us what was your first solo
0: like my first solo I actually sang Fly Me to the Moon as I was doing my first solo It was on the 11th of November Way too it, I, I was actually so buzzed about it um, And another t- claim to fame I have I went solo in 6 hours and 15 minutes And th- I, I, I let everybody know that Because I'm, I'm so chuffed with that one You It know? <laughs> took me a while to get the exams over the line yeah, yeah, but, well, but I got solo in 6 hours and 15 minutes And, and I, I did I actually sang flying me to the moon as I was going around the circuit I was so relaxed and I came out of it and I was buzzing for a week after it and again 15, 16 years later I still remember that day mm-hmm. like it was yesterday and you, you tell every student that every new student that comes to bar to learn to fly you, 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 I, I love going back there with them because I know what it feels like to be at that stage if you're flying which is
1: great you could do an entire podcast just on people's first solos I think it's one of those things that sticks in somebody's mind
0: absolutely I mean you hear the stories we still I'm sure you, you remember yours like it was yesterday we all do hmm. we all do and it is it, it is something you could do a podcast on someday you know so
1: next flight then would be the one which might be best forgotten
0: <laughs> <laughs> the best forgotten flight do i really want to mention that one um when i when i got a a piece of dirt stuck in a jet in a carburetor um that was an interesting flight but um yeah other than that i mean i've had some fantastic experiences hmm. and you know, we've we've often taken a spin to the likes of um, Habert for West for breakfast. And you tell people these stories the, the non flyers, you tell these stories and they look at you like you have two heads. Yeah. You know, you, you went to England for breakfast. Yeah. yeah, we did. It was great crack and uh, we, we, we made it and we were back and forth and we do that quite regularly. But memorable flights, I have no real bad memories mm. apart from that hiccup hiccup yeah um other than that no every, every every time i go up in the air it just it i feel it sets me free and any stress you might have is gone when you get up in the air it's just gone you did know? you ever think of it as a, a professional career i haven't the intelligence for it to be a professional <laughs> career for me i struggled to get the exams uh, with the ppl but yes absolutely yeah. i i do regret it that i didn't do it when i was younger um my daughter is now at that stage so she's getting her ppl and she's going to go on and become a commercial pilot we hope Mm -hmm. but yeah i'd love to have done it for Mm -hmm. for a period to see what it was like Mm -hmm. you know interesting that it it, yeah it does actually now pass down through the family it's amazing yeah i mean she she's been coming flying with me since she was seven years of age Mm -hmm. and um my son is is 10 now and he took his first flight at one with me i suppose when it gets into the house It becomes an addiction for everybody because when you get into aviation, it's very hard to get away from Very, very hard.
1: Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs?
2: Tell us more about
0: the club then, the Ormond Club. So the club exists of 50 to 55 members, and uh, we're a training facility in the Midlands of Ireland, so we have a Group A Cessna 172, and we have a a Eurostar EV97. Uh, micro light class or national license, you know, mm. for for the for the people out there that that look down on the uh, the micro lighters, great little airplane, don't knock it. So yeah, we we do group A training. We have an instructor panel of four four instructors, two aircraft, and uh, we we train seven days a week, mm. and we have been doing that for. God, way longer than I've been in the club. I I don't actually know how long we've been training for, but it's been there as long as I can remember. And what about activities then for the club as well? You mentioned, obviously,
1: you know, the, the £100 breakfasts or, <laughs> or whatever they've been for. I think I think the Americans call them the
0: $100 burgers. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, I'm not quite sure that we get away with a €100 euro yeah. breakfast. <laughs> but uh, we do a lot of fly-ins or fly-outs every year. And then we I suppose we're famous for normally pre-COVID we do we would normally open the flying season with, with our breakfast fly-in in, in April. And we would finish off the season then in September with a, with another breakfast fly-in. So this year, we will, on the 5th of September, Sunday the 5th of September, we will have a breakfast fly-in. And it'll be our first one in two years um, because of COVID. So we're looking forward to that because we love people flying into burr we really do we don't charge a landing fee the kettle is always on anyone from any part of the country is welcome in to have a cup of tea in burr uh, but we always tell people bring your own biscuits and we'll supply the tea <laughs> <laughs> and good biscuits now not, not the cheap ones yeah no 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 uh, custard creams to us you know we want macados and swiss rolls that sort of stuff <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is the actual mechanic of a breakfast flying? Because it's, it sounds like a really romantic idea. I've, I've been to one, obviously, and I, it's a great idea. But for somebody listening to us uh, on the podcast
0: today thinking, God, that might be a nice place to bring my airplane. Oh, an early morning, obviously. So we, we normally start the breakfast at 10 a.m. It's very civilized. It is very civilized because we give guys on a Sunday morning time to get up out of bed. We all work hard during the week. And it's nice to have a little bit of a lion on a Sunday morning. Uh, so we'd start at 10 a.m. and we have the breakfast and true guys will stay there till three or four o'clock in the day and we're all I suppose talking nonsense about how big is your GPS and <laughs> and your speedometer you know but um, yeah it's a, it's a great place to come we have plenty of places to park airplanes we have a 600 meter runway it's 40 meters wide um, so you have loads of room to make mistakes yeah. and get away with it yeah. but um, yeah it's, it's, it's for some reason it's always a great place to come and the, the camaraderie, camaraderie yeah. and uh, the bit of crack that goes on amongst guys is, is great you know mm. I'm also thinking about the uh, the possibility of the return of the air show next year <coughs> the long returned air show yeah I mean Dave Tom and myself I suppose we, we sit down we will sit down in the coming weeks and decide whether we're going to go ahead next year or not mm. because dave is very committed with work tom is committed so am i and the time it takes to do this mm. is just it's it's even thinking about it makes me tired you know but because of our love for aviation and to be able to deliver something like this in the in the center of ireland is just great the, the viewing point i mean bray is, is a phenomenal air show i'm not trying to take from that for a second but it doesn't have what we have mm. whereas the crowd are parked the planes are parked beside the crowd they get to meet the pilots. I do a pilot parade every year as well. And the pilots love this. It, it heightens their ego. And, <laughs> and I think I get a better display out of them when they go up. <laughs> so, but they love it. They love mingling with the crowd. And uh, so, yeah, we have something pretty unique within the air show on Bar. So I hope the guys will, will, will come on board and we'll go do it again. And we'll see what happens. You talked there about being, you know, the commentary
1: and and the pilot parade and I was only looking back at a, a video of it, of 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 the last show there and there they are all out there shaking hands and yes. it's, it's, it's what what else is is part of your mix for uh, for being an air show commentator?
0: Well, I used to DJ in a past life and I suppose that's where as Dave Carbide does say to me and I do always bring this back to, to, to haunt him. He says, you know, you're, you're the rock star in this. Nobody ever remembers the bass player. And Dave classes himself as the bass player yeah. in the band. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's not the way, it, 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 it just happened that way that I was the one picked up the microphone and start talking. And, um, you know, I, I love, I used to entertain as a DJ, as you, as you know yourself. Yeah. And I suppose I bring a little bit of that into the role yeah. when we're, we're trying to commentate on, yeah. on airplanes. I mean, I don't want to bore people to death with the horsepower of an, an airplane or how many g's it can pull you, yeah. you'll always tell them all that but I, I'm not sure people are interested in hearing all well, that. the people who know, you know, who are interested in that usually already know. Correct yeah, yeah. and the, the the punters coming in yeah. just want to see planes go upside down and as, as people would say to me is that plane going to do a loop de loop? Or does she use much diesel? <laughs> or does she use much diesel? Yeah so you do get a bit of that yeah. but to be able to meet the public and see their faces when the aircraft are doing their thing it's just, I think it's fantastic. I just love it and kids, you see the kids faces as well and they're, and they're so amazing and I I remember one year The Coast Guard came in And this this sticks out in my mind So much about the air show I would always pick a a kid Out of the crowd Because we would get a kick for the, for the, the guys in the, in the Coast Guard helicopter mm-hmm. and just give them a cake, to thank them for coming up because mm-hmm. obviously they don't, they don't charge their service to do that and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I would always have a cake and I'd pick a kid out of the crowd to come and give the cake to the, the winchman when he'd come down and he'd mm-hmm. take the cake back up. and it's, it's a great spectacle. But this particular year, there was this little girl had her hand up in the audience and I went, yeah, you, come on out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, as it turned out, she was an amputee. And I didn't know that, you know, and uh, I was going, oh, my God, how how is this kid going to carry this cake or how am I going to work this? But I felt so good because I had picked this little kid and she felt so she was she was just buzzing because she got picked out of the crowd. And she went over with the cake under her arm and the winchman bent down to her and took the cake off her and tapped her on the shoulder. And, you know, she went back to the and her parents came out and thanked me. And I didn't. I didn't plan it. It yeah. just it just happened accidentally, and that that was my that one of my high points of that whole air show over the years. As you say, it's, it's about making memories for people. Absolutely, yeah. no, it yeah. was fantastic, yeah. and yeah. I, I know she went away really really happy. But. Yeah. Like you do when the pilots, the, the pilots are like rock stars on today. They really, really are. Mm-hmm. You know, Team Ravens come over from England and they always tell me it's one of the best air shows that they ever go to. And it's for that reason that they're so close to the, the audience, which is, is yeah, great.
1: Yeah, it um, we were joking before as we sat down. I said, do you have a brother? And then I could get to interview <laughs> the right brothers. But they end, told me a story about Oshkosh.
0: Yeah, we went to Oshkosh many years ago as, as a club. Uh, trip so a gang of us 11 or 12 of us from from the club went to Oshkosh and Oshkosh have a, a lovely museum and they have all this historical aircraft inside them It's a fantastic place to go if if the guys that are listening or girls that are listening have not been you should make a trip It's really really good. So the right flyer is actually situated inside in the Oshkosh Museum so I got a. The, the guys took a photograph of, of me, and it was captioned then the right right here's right beside the right flyer, and uh, yeah, it, it kind of did the rounds when it came back, and there was a bit of bit of a stick over that for a while. Uh,
1: I was just thinking too about you know you as <laughs> somebody involved in air shows
0: being at an air show. Did you enjoy it? Absolutely loved it. I I really did. Um, Oshkosh do it on another level. I mean, the year we were there, they did a, a reenactment of the Pearl Harbor attack, and it was just mind blowing. And even to the point where all the Americans got up and had the hand on the chest when, when the the, the Americans were going bombing Japan. I mean, yeah. you know, it wasn't real. It was just something that. But there was this big uh, explosion took place on the runway. Like they dropped this bomb. In, you know, it was so, and we could feel the heat a mile away from the runway. It was just amazing, and there was P fifty ones and the, and the Japanese airplanes. They were all doing this firefly thing in the sky. It was just phenomenal. But they do things on such a huge scale. But then these planes are parked on the tarmac, and you can get up and get into the cockpit, get a photograph in them, meet the pilots that are flying them. It's an incredible place. Incredible. Okay, you mentioned the Mustang being one of the highlights of uh, of Burr. Uh, what else is on your wish list? i don't really have another one believe it or not ever since i was a kid that the p51 is the. it's always been the one for me yeah obviously i'd love to get a spin an f16 or something like that but i doubt that'll ever happen yeah p51 is honestly is is the one for me that's that's it so uh, aviation live and well in burr and
1: uh, flying on the 5th of september and we'll finish the chat <laughs> with the beautiful sound of that mustang flying by Colin Wright, thanks for joining us on Squawk 7000.
0: Delighted. Thank you very much.